everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Free Thought Podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Chow. And I'm your other co-host, Amelia. Today is a special episode. We did a listener Q&A, meaning that today we will be answering your questions. So we had you guys send in questions over Instagram and on Google Form, and we actually got a lot of responses. So thank, thank you guys so much for that. And we're just going to start running through a couple of the ones that I have on my phone. First one we have here is opinions on, oh, this is, this. we're coming straight to it. Opinions on white teachers saying the N-word while teaching. So what comes to my mind is like during uh, an English or history class or something like that. These are just my experiences um, with um, the word, I guess, being used in the context of a class. And so in eighth grade, we read To Kill a Mockingbird. And um, the, uh, in that word and the N-word is used uh, many times throughout the book. And our English teacher um, told us not to say it. And every time, uh, like, I guess we got to that word, we would just skip over it. Or, um, yeah, just we just wouldn't say it. So, um, yeah. Do you have any experiences with it? So, yeah, my personal experience with, like, the, the N-word being in books that are being studied in class or whatever, um, we read to Mice and Men, I think is, that's what it's called, in eighth grade. And I also read To Kill a Mockingbird. And in both, we were told to either just not say it or substitute it for, like, man or other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and the teachers didn't say it either. I mean, we live in a really liberal state, so this is no surprise. Mm-hmm. But I've heard about people who, like – the teachers just said it without uh, hesitation because it's simply like a part of the book in their, in their words. And personally, I mean, now, yeah, yeah. now that we've been our, given our experiences, I'm going to jump into my thoughts. I think it is not uh, okay in any circumstance. I don't care if it's part of the book. I don't care if it's part of the historical time period. That's not the time period we're in now. And so it doesn't, it's not like you need to say it for full effect. Everyone knows what the N-word is. And if you do a good job educating your students on the meaning and the, the significance of it, they, they also know what it means and what it's about. And what it's about. And I think that there's n- in no circumstances it necessary to say it in order to get the point across. If you do a good job educating your students, there's no need to say it. And even if you don't, there's no need to say it. It's never excusable. That's my view on it. And I think either just not saying it or substituting it for something else that is appropriate is um, is not just better, but the only acceptable method in my view. That's you have a you have a pretty powerful stance on it. Um, I don't know. We've in in our grade in at least in high school and ninth grade, we read a book called um, The Fire Next Time. And um it was it was a pretty it was a pretty powerful book. Um, it used it also used the word um, a couple of times, but I think we were told we could substitute it with the word Negro or man, or we could skip over it. Um, however, however, like we wanted to do it. And then a student said said the word um, when she was trying to make a point. I think um, she said this blank uh, lives in a ghetto or a shack or something like that i i i don't exactly remember the exact the the exact words but it was something along those lines i wasn't in the class i just heard that this happened the the teacher didn't really you know 
make any response, didn't really react or anything. He kind of just let the class like move on as if she never said it. Um, and I've heard, I've talked to like different people about this. Some say that the teacher, what he did or what they did is correct. And some say that it shouldn't be overlooked. The student should be punished. What do you think? Do you think it should be, do you, do you think the teacher did the right thing? And also like, again, what, like, what is your answer to this question? What are your opinions? Do you think it like, what, how do you feel about this question? So, okay. So thank you. Yeah, no. So definitely providing your experiences is super valuable, but in general, what is your final answer to this question? Uh, is it okay? Is it ever acceptable? What are, what are your opinions on teachers or students even saying the N word while in the class in classrooms? Uh, they just shouldn't say it. Say it. There's, there's. I, in my mind, the only reason why you would say it in the classroom, maybe, is maybe for like dramatic effect in in the context of the book. Um, but you don't necessarily need that dramatic effect. You know, it can, like you said, it can be taught through the student's understanding of of the significance of that word. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much else to be said. 100% agree. I think we both, we both agree and we've, and we both conclude that it's just never okay. So to answer your question, opinions on students or teachers saying and we're well teaching, um, never acceptable and should never happen. All right. Now let's move to the second, second question. Okay. So the next question we have is what are some challenges you think the next generation will face? So when, 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 when we first got this question, I was, a little bit unsure of what, whether this person meant our generation, as in like Gen Z, or if they meant the generation that comes after us. So, I mean, I guess we could give a quick answer for both of us, for both generations. It's pretty clear what our challenges are. It's things like climate change. It's things like, I mean, it's, it's everything that's going on in modern politics right now um, and all the crises that are going on across the world. Um, and then in terms of the next generation, uh, two points I want to bring up and then I definitely want to hear your opinion on this or whatever else else you have to add, Chad, but two points that specifically I want to bring up for the next generation is in the one after us. One, climate change, because yes, while I do really, really, really hope that our generation and um, our generation does something significant to combat climate change, um, I sadly think that this is going to be an issue that's going that's going to be passed down and perhaps an even bigger issue by then, which uh, is kind of sad to think about. And then the other one is, and I just came up with this a second ago, and that is uh, this, this summer I took a class in AI and we talked a lot about how uh, AI is improving rapidly. It's improving rapidly and it's, it's actually replacing a lot of jobs already and it will be at a much uh, faster rate in the future. And so uh, there will be a question of a lot of like manual labor jobs that have been taken over by AI and where those people who would have normally gotten those jobs will go. So those are two very like um, future forward things that are going on and that will definitely be something that the next generation will um, have on their plate. Uh, anything to add, Chad? Any other things that you could bring up? It's totally fine if not. When you first said AI, I thought you meant like, you know, robots and like, you know, what the average person thinks of AI when they first hear it, you know? And yeah. um, you, you took a, 
a little bit of a different route. Um, I think I think the next generation's lifestyle is going to be completely different than at least the one we currently have. Um, it's in, in a couple of years, of course, no one can tell what the future is going to be like. But I know Elon Musk is working on a chip that can be in, like literally you drill a tiny hole into someone's brain or into someone's skull and then insert a chip. And that chip can like is is like Bluetooth or something and can like do things based on what you're thinking of. It sounds it sounds crazy, wow. but he is working on it and wow. it sounds like it can be achieved in, in the next decade or something like that. Do you do you seriously think that's gonna happen? I mean, I, I definitely feel like people are gonna buy it. <laughs> it sounds oh. it sounds it, it sounds so far fetched, but just the fact right. that it could be like a thing in like ten, twenty years, that's crazy at least in my mind and and he's thinking of like colonizing mars soon so on that note do you mind if i jump in really quick yeah that's fine that's fine um i was talking to my dad the other day Mm -hmm. and he or we were we were at dinner or something and he said uh i think my mom and i were both at the table and he said um i would not be surprised if like you go to to the moon over the next 40 years and i was like yeah okay dad like uh, all right like (laughs) okay (laughs) like i that's possible and I was like, like, yeah, I mean, the first time, like, my first reaction to when he said that was, yeah, sure. I'm like, no, I'm not, I, never have I ever thought in my mind that I would ever leave exactly. this planet. Like, that's yeah. just never something that I thought was within the realm of possible for me or anyone who really like, wasn't an astronaut. Um, but, and then, and then I asked him, like, like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, no, I think it's incredible. Uh, it's like uh, very, very possible. So do I believe him? Not really. But the fact that people are saying things like this is exciting. It's like we, it almost feels like we reached a new um, high speed of growth and that we're on the cusp of so many things, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Scientifically um, and in so many regards, actually. Yeah. So I guess in the future, they're definitely going to, there's there's definitely a lot of things that we grew up with that um, that they're not going to be able to uh, experience. I know personally that when I was younger, I used to watch TV every time I came home. But now, like, um, I guess the younger generation doesn't even watch TV anymore. It's all about Netflix and Hulu and, like, <laughs> all sorts of streaming, all sorts of different streaming platforms. So it's just, like, and the fact that, our, our world at least in technology can change so rapidly in just a couple of years is just insane do you other than the ones we've mentioned before we move on just want to i'm trying to think of if i have any more that i can think of oh what, do you have any other challenges that you can see the next generation facing not really challenging but um i don't know i don't know if it's just me or the fact that we live in a blue state but i feel like also a lot of our younger generation um are also leaning towards the left i mean most of it i can't oh yeah statistically backed yeah yeah so i guess one challenge in the future would probably be our our democratic republic republican system you know if all of these young voters are going to be voting for the left then who's going to be voting for the right will the right just become obsolete right and so i i think they're 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 definitely going to be a couple of people still right leaning but it will go away it will never at least not in the foreseeable future yeah but yeah uh to add on to your point we are seeing new highs in like um liberalism in our generation especially youth in the youth 
Okay. So when I, when we got this question, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a hard one. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, is it unethical to adopt a child or have a child if you know you're going to die when they are younger, less than 23? So as in, if you know you're going to die before they turn 23. Um, and Chad, do you want to start on this one or should I start? Wait, hold on. So <clears throat> just a clarification question. So you know you're going to die before 23 years. Uh, no, no, no. So let me, before the child is 23. So how about, I actually think if when we were discussing this question, it might be helpful to have a, like an anecdote in mind or not an anecdote, okay. uh, a hypothetical. So let's imagine that uh, a couple is slightly older. Maybe the husband is in his fifties or something like that, late fifties. And then the okay. wife is slightly younger, obviously. Okay. Like, um, and then they, they ha- either have or adopt a child, but the husband is uh, sick or terminally ill. That's like the first, the, the, the first example that comes to my, my mind when I read this question. Um, and he knows he's going to die within what's well, the next 10 to 20 years. Is that ethical to have a child or adopt a child? Jesus, term, terminally ill. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, you're having the uh, exact same reaction that I had when I saw this. Yeah, <laughs> on, a, on a lighter note, um, my my uncle, uh, he's like in his 50s and he just had a kid like last year or something like that. So <laughs> it's definitely okay. like, yeah, that's that's wait. So let's let's say that let's say that they're in their 60s. It, it, it can be anything. It just they could even be in their yeah. 30s. <clears throat> let's just get let's let's make this example that we're discussing. Uh, the example of terminal illness. What do you mean by it being unethical though? Like, um, well, the, I, I'm going to guess that the person who asked this question meant unethical as in, uh, should you really be bringing a child into this world if they won't have a parent for as long as they quote unquote should. Um, and personally, here are my thoughts on this. It, this is, I know this is not a satisfactory answer. People like to have answers that are uh, in terms of absolutes but this is an answer that I will the a question that I will say it depends too it, it depends if um a is it, does this child have two parents and if they do if only one parent will die when they are younger can the other parent does it, the other parent have the financial means to 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 help this child even after one parent has passed away um does this other parent have the capability to take care of this child um what what kind of um, neighborhood or not neighborhood? What kind of like situation is this kid living in? Do, is this kid um, ill themselves? Do th- does this kid have things that make them? What am I trying to say? Do, does this kid have like medical complication and uh, complications? Like it really depends on. It, it depends on how, for lack of a better word, like high maintenance this kid is. Like not as in like oh this kid is fussy and this kid is uh, very like easygoing. I mean high maintenance ma- maintenance is in. Like what types of things are they born with? Stuff like that. Um, medical, can, reasons. medical reasons. Exactly. It, can this kid be taken care of by one parent? Um, also, it depends on, again, how old will this kid be when the parent dies? Cause I know this question says up to 23, but like, I do think it really depends. Is this kid going to, uh, is this parent going to live until their kid is 20 or is this parent going to live until their kid is two? I just, it's such a complex question that it's hard to give an absolute answer. Does that make sense? What's your opinion? Uh, well, I just wanted to um, to add on to a point that you made. The first being, 
you said that uh, can can you know if 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 one parent does uh, pass away or leaves or whatever or doesn't become a parent anymore, can that other parent, uh, I guess, sustain the other child the child's life? And that immediately reminded me of Jeff Bezos. Like I I'm not really sure what happened to his dad. I just know he grew up with a single mom who was 17 when she had him and you know didn't get that much money and so i guess was it ethical for him to be born i guess he's he's a pretty good example of this question right yeah i actually didn't know about jeff bezos history i mean you regardless of whether it's jeff bezos or not or not when i asked my mom actually this question before when i first got it because i was like wow like I don't know if I can answer this without, without other opinions. Like I'm saying, I, I've never pondered this kind of question before. And she said, well, she talked about uh, a friend that my dad and, and, she, and she has who died of brain cancer when his child was like a toddler. And he, he and obviously he wasn't trying to like, um, the, the point of having a child isn't, isn't solely, to be there throughout their whole lives. I mean, of course that's important, but like, I don't necessarily think that, 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 that if you die, you should be looked at as unethical for knowing that you were going to die and still having a child. And on that note, while, while you were talking, I did look up the definition of ethical because I want to bring up another point. I kind of have an objection to this question. I think that what we're talking about right now, is it ethical, quote unquote ethical? We're actually discussing a different question. How messy is it? Like, is it really... Because I, I, I don't think ever, like, having a child, as long as it can be... Uh, it, as long as they, the child can be supported, is unethical. I don't think you're a bad person or an immoral person, as long as you can support this child, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you can't, I mean, I don't want to say, like, just because you're poor, it's immoral to have a child. I don't know. I just don't think it's immoral to have a child if you're willing to give them care. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think it's ever... Like, I don't think it's unethical and I don't want to say ever because that's such a powerful word. And again, things like this don't come in absolutes, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can call this unethical. You can certainly call it, you can certainly call it messy. <laughs> you can certainly call yeah. it nuanced, but eth- unethical. I don't know. Cause I'm looking up the definition of ethical and it says relating to the moral principles of the branch of knowledge dealing with these so like as in morals and, and, and what's just, what is right. And yeah, no, I, I don't think that having a child when knowing you're, you're going to die when they're slight, when they're younger, like you're not going to be there for their entire, for much of their life is necessarily unethical. If that makes sense. Like, I don't think it makes you a bad or corrupted person. I mean, yeah. In, in, in these, in the situations that you brought up yeah it doesn't seem like it tests a person's ethics but you know there are children who are born and their parents just leave them right away they're just like put on a cardboard box and then just left on the street right but that's like while they're toddlers than like, than like yeah dying. yeah but this is abusive and abuse is never okay yeah but testing once once you brought up the point of morality it actually reminded me of someone i've met um the person uh was adopted from 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 china and um they were literally just dumped on the street while they were a toddler so of course this is gonna those those people who had their biological parents 
don't seem 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 pretty seem pretty unethical in in this case. Right. I know. I agree with you. Like abandoning your child is unethical. However, we have to make the distinction. Abandoning your child is a choice you make, right? Whereas you don't choose to die. You're not like, oh, I'm going to die and deliver. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I just think that yes, you're right, but it seems almost irrelevant to the discussion. No offense at all. <laughs> it just, it just I mean, seems irrelevant yeah. because it's 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 two like you said, it's two separate issues of morality. And right yeah, now we're talking that's true. passing away, which is extremely different. Yeah. Um, Ouch, I'm, my feelings. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I want to make sure people were listening, not thinking that we were equating dying to like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but I know that's not what you meant to do. Anyways, yeah. um, I think we you basically said what we can. Essentially, yeah. it's not ethical, but it's certainly messy. And it, and that's the first point. And the second point is it really depends. Mm-hmm. Biden or Trump? I Chad? honestly think the person who asked this question, um, Chad, if, if they do, if they do listen to this podcast, they know you're for Biden. I think they're As asking everyone for, should be. I think. <laughs> Chad. It's not a hard question at all. This is not a hard question. It might not be a hard question, but I think it's important as, at least for me, as a podcast, as a podcast host, um, I don't, I want to give the listeners an unbiased uh, truth or story. And I want to provide both sides of the argument so they can make, formulate their own opinions, um, not based on my opinions. So even though this answer is easy, um, I will not be expressing my political opinion um, just for the reason that uh, I don't want to be biased or seem biased and sway people's opinions because I'm biased. So sorry about that. But um, yeah. So our next question is the trolley problem. Um, and to, just in case any of the listeners here don't know what the trolley problem is or aren't familiar with it, essentially it's a question of and correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, I'm, I think I'm remembering this sort of, I'm going off of my memory and that could be wrong. Uh, it's just, if you were driving a trolley and you were headed on a path that if you continued on it, you would, the 10 people in the trolley would die. I think you would like crash into something, but if you swerved, you would have to run over someone on the tracks. Essentially it's a question of, would you kill one person to save 10? And um, I have my thoughts on that, but let's, let's hear yours first. Or kill <clears throat> or kill 10 people and save one. I right, think exactly. That's, I think, uh, I mean, common sense would say to save that, save those 10 lives instead of that one, right? Because you either can kill 10 people or you kill one person. That's, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. And so, um, I don't know if there are any exceptions, but yeah, you're going to save the life of, lives of those 10 people over right. that one person. I 100% agree with that. Um, a lot of times I've talked to people about this before, or, I, or I've talked with people about this before, and um, sometimes people are conflicted. I mean, obviously it depends on the person, but sometimes people are conflicted about this. And if, if, if whenever someone is, if, if anyone is listening to this and is really, um, lost on which option they would pick kill 10 people to save one or kill one person to save 10 i would say a lot of people think of this question as oh my god would i kill 10 people just to save one well you have to reverse it would you kill one person exactly to save 10? yeah 
Uh, of course. Like, uh, and, and, and then it gets more complicated. I've heard variations of this question. To, so moving on to a separate topic. It gets more complicated because I've heard variations of this question where it's like, what if that one person was a relative or a friend? And in that case, I would say still the just thing to do is to save those 10 people. Yeah. Those 10 people also have family and friends. And um, of course, humans are more motivated by self-interest, but I, I don't know. I Obviously, I don't think any of us will ever be in this situation in real life behind the wheel. But I honestly don't know what I would do. I think that I would know in the back of my head if, say, one of my relatives was that person or one of someone I knew. I would know in the back of my head that I should save those 10 people and that that's the right thing to do. Like, um, just objectively save those 10 people. But would I be clouded by my self-interest? I don't know. I, it's, it's a tough question because you're fighting against your human instincts, which is save your relatives, save the people you're close to versus objective morality well objective morality but not what i mean i didn't i don't mean objective morality versus judgment and um yeah in that case i think if we're just looking at it as from a spectator view and we're not even actually in the situation always better this if the 10 people that's my final answer essentially yeah <clears throat> i've heard another variation i don't know if you have but i think i have the the variation is you you it's still you save 10 people and kill one or you save one person and injure 10. And so I think in that case, that changes a lot of it. Um, there's no guaranteed death for those 10 people. So you try to save as many lives as you can. So you go for the latter. At least that's like, yeah. And then again, it depends on, you know, how significant those injuries are, but yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never heard that variation. That's interesting. That's probably just me then. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that's actually interesting. It makes it a lot more. Well, it's already multi-dimensional, but it makes it. It gives it an extra. Yeah. Dimension. Yeah. I mean, so I've already given my final answer. What's your final answer, and then we can go on to the next question. Oh, if you're gonna save, oh, I thought I. I thought In the I original it. circumstance, where it's kill ten, one to save ten, or kill ten to save one. Uh kill one to save ten, rather than kill 10 to save one okay so the next question is a lot less complex it's just a question about ourselves and that is how long have we known each other uh well amelia is a year younger than i am um so i was a sophomore when she was a freshman right um i don't really know how we really got to know each other i don't think we really like i remember instant we, really yes we would go <laughs> i started we well you always I would go to the library every day after school with people. Oh, and you, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just became friends through mutual friends, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, like, basically it, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and, All right. Uh, yeah. That was a quick and easy question. So it's been about a year. Yeah. All right. Next question. What are you guys' favorite books? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's like, I haven't, read, <laughs> I haven't read for pleasure in, like, three years. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, don't, I don't really read. Um, Chad, shut up. You read. You just don't read a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. Let um, me think. What are my favorite books? Oh my god, I have a couple. I have a couple. Is it okay if I say? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, I really, really like To Kill a Mockingbird. That's oh, just yeah. yeah, but that was like kind of school. So I, I mean, I read it for school. Well, I, I read it for school, but I also read it before and after that. Yeah. Um. And then also Why We Can't Wait by Martin Luther King. It was summer reading, oh, yeah. and afterwards I just read the whole book because it was just, yeah. I don't know. I really like the way Martin Luther King writes and, like, speaks in general. 
Uh, and then my other one is uh, The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. Uh, uh, do you know about that book or no? No, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Richard um, Dawkins is basically this just like very, very prominent, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-religious philosopher. And he basically is debunking all of religion in this book. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, quite, it's written in quite strict and, um, and passionate rhetoric, but it's really good. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Your turn. What, what are your favorite book? For reading for pleasure, uh, I like James Patterson. His murder mysteries are always a good read. Um, I guess my favorite books, at least the ones I've read, like for school, uh, I like Great Expectations. That was pretty good. Yes, um, I forgot to say that. Yeah, Macbeth was also. I, I I liked it. Not not a lot of people liked it, but I I liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Weathering Heights is also a really good book. I uh, that was that was an interesting book. It's slow at times, but it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up Great Expectations. Because the second I stopped, t- uh, like the second I stopped talking, or, and the second you said it, like I re- I realized I forgot. <laughs> Great Expectations is literally one of my favorite books. I have a I have a, yeah. a Charles Dickens print on my wall that my mom got like four years ago or something. But now I actually like it because <laughs> I've yeah. actually read the book by him. But yeah, no, I literally love um, Dickens. Yeah, and then for school, uh, I don't know about books, but there are a couple like philosophers that i like that we've read i like lucretius i like seneca those are both roman oh, roman yeah. philosophers <laughs> you're like i have not thought, thought about this in like two years um yeah yeah but in general i honestly i what about what about i don't know about you chad but i basically just enjoy the school reading like i, I don't feel a need to like read yeah yeah that's true you have school reading and because i honestly like it not gonna lie yeah we had to, uh as freshmen um we have like a history research paper we have to do and i did mine on seneca and um didn't go that well <laughs> <laughs> it was, we didn't have the paper because um of covid so yeah, you guys you guys you guys i mean it was like kind of fun not really you had to write <laughs> like a like back then five pages was a lot because we were expected to write like i don't know three pages to four pages papers in mm-hmm. freshman year or maybe i don't know but most but, people in my grade write like two page papers yeah but the two the pages. history yeah the the research paper was definitely a big step up for at least when i was a freshman so it yeah. was it was hard but it was also like kind of fun yeah <laughs> i skipped out on that also i want to correct myself usually it's anywhere from like two to four pages yeah 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 you you definitely want quality over quantity. That's always for sure. That's always All right, that was a good question. Okay, next question is: um, Do you think there should be an age limit on who can run for president? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what is it right now? I really don't know who. Can there is run. no age limit. There is no age limit. Chad, come on. <laughs> there is no age limit. How do you think a seventy a seventy eight year old and a seventy four year old are running this year? Um. Yeah, no, there uh, is no, no you need it. You need to be at least 35 years old. There is. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. I mean, like an age cap. Sorry. As in like a. Oh, sorry. I, I, I guess I, I got that from the question, but I, sh- I definitely should have been more clear. I think this person means as in like, should uh, 80 year olds, 90 year olds be able to run? Oh, I thought you meant like younger people. Yeah, like, my bad. Maybe, sorry. About oh, that. OK, OK, OK. Um, personally, I think, yes. What do you think? Oh. 
<sighs> so you're saying like if I guess you can run for president when you're let's let's just take eighty for an example. Say say you run for president while you're seventy eight, but you get inaugurated at seventy nine and you turn eighty during your like is that okay or like how you know? Um well so okay, so let's back up for a second. Um if an if an age limit were to happen, what I've heard people talking about is it would be like you can't be uh, above the age limit when you start your campaign, when you start running, like well, as in when you get the primary. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but in general, if we're, if we want, if we are to take a step back and actually discuss our thoughts on that personally, don't get me wrong. I'm still by 2020, but um, not crazy about this whole idea that we have really, really, really old men running. I, I mean, mean gender we is the relevant, but you know what I mean? Very, yeah, but very the old. citizens of America were the ones who chose those old men. You could have chose, what was his name? Buttigieg? He was like... No, I'm aware. ...young, so it's it's up to it, you to vote. Yeah. So you had 100%. the option to pick young people. It definitely people. shows a problem with our system that, that near 80-year-olds are getting, are getting uh, denominations. Yeah. But... If if we ignore that factor, you know, obviously it's very hard to ignore such a major factor, but just bear with me. <laughs> um, okay. if, if we look at it as if everyone has an even playing field and no one has like, no one has the support of the people. I think in general, um, I think that a lot of the, a lot of the resistance to change and some of the reason why we've seen slow change, uh, obviously there are uh, so many many other reasons the change is slow in this country but one of them is that we have people who are from four generations ago <laughs> representing us and like no am i saying that we should have a millennial president not at all no <laughs> like there's a reason that people who have at least uh, like 10 to 20 years of experience have a much better chance than five years of experience but still i just think that i think that if I were to make an age cap, maybe it would be, I don't know. I mean, to throw out a number of 70. I don't really think age should really matter. I think it's even, even if they are old, but they hold ideas that are better for our country. Um, then yes, I think they should be elected and age just shouldn't be a factor. Um, but taking into consideration that, um, a lot of people are old and they don't necessarily hold, um, the ideas that are needed for our country, um, an age limit does seem like a pretty good idea. Okay, so the next question we have is, are you religious? If so, slash if not, why? Oh, Chad, do you want to go first or should I? <laughs> uh, well, I think we covered this in our second episode, I think. Yeah, we uh, did cover Like religion. Again. Yeah, uh, so pretty much I don't really, I'm not religious I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an atheist. Like, I don't hate God. I don't think he, like, I, that's not what being an atheist means. But <laughs> um, I have nothing against religion or not much against religion at the moment. I'm not so right. sure. <laughs> but, so you're sort of like agnostic? Yeah, I don't, like, I, if, if someone's religious and, you know, they, they push it on me, I'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really care, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, my grandma's religious. She doesn't really push anything onto me, so I don't really have a problem with it. All right. Yeah, no, I totally see that. It sounds like, 
I don't know if this is how you identify like yourself as, but um, sounds like you're basically agnostic. Like you don't personally believe in God, but you're completely open to it and don't really have a problem. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners can't see this, but he just pointed his finger and started nodding. So yes, I do. <laughs> he is agnostic. Okay. Okay. Personally, I am an atheist. Um, I, I think I'm almost in the exact same camp that you're in, but you said you don't really have anything against religion. Whereas, um, I mean, I have been like attacked by the church before. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, and it wasn't the greatest thing growing up. So I don't know. I, to be, to be, to be blunt. Um, I've been called a sinner a lot of times. Yeah, so that so, kind of it's yeah. kind of like I have been, uh, I do have something against it. Yeah. And then also, even if I, even if that wasn't part of growing up for me, I do still think I would be a very um, devoted atheist because of a couple of reasons. I think that everything can be explained by science or logic, or there's an explanation for everything essentially. And so the idea that the supernatural exists directly contradicts that. And then secondly, I think that there are a lot of toxicities to religion in general. Wait, prop this part out. I don't want to say that. Do not want to say that. <laughs> I don't want, because I was thinking about it. We have a lot of religious people at our school that are listening to this. Like, Cloudy is Jewish and all this stuff. So, crop that all out. Um, let me restart. But even if I didn't have those parts of, like, my childhood that were, well, not childhood, but, like, my younger years that were affected by the church in that way, I still think I would be a very devoted atheist for a few reasons. Just to name a couple, I think that everything can be explained by either, within either a scientific or logical explanation. I think that there's a cause to every effect. And so the, the idea that the supernatural exists um, contradicts that. And then also, um, there are just a lot of contradictions and sort of ideas that I don't fully see uh, as right within religion. However, with that being said, my entire family is religious. Uh, almost all my friends are religious. So I don't, I don't have a problem with people. It's just, you know, some objections to the institution or not the institution, the, the, um, the beliefs themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them, some of them like are outdated, you know, they were made thousands of years (laughs) ago. Right. Like not to be too controversial, but I just don't think that, uh, that, that the texts were written, that were written by people who didn't, who don't know, you didn't know what atoms or germs were are necessarily the ultimate guides to life. Yeah. But that is just a playful joke. I don't mean any harm. <laughs> Next question. So um, reveal your daily screen time. Damn, this is kind of different. Okay. Oh, um, screen time. <laughs> well, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. oh, shoot. Um, you go first, Chad. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, oh, shoot? I just saw my screen time. That's it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, I have a limit on TikTok. I think it's like an hour a day. Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> what do you mean lucky? You can put your own. <laughs> you can put your own limit. Uh, my average is uh, two and a half hours. So, two uh, and a half. Yeah, not. It's, wow. I don't know. During <laughs> school, during the school year, my screen time's like less than an hour. Usually, like thirty to forty-five minutes. Yeah. I am so shocked. Wow, I'm <laughs> so bad now. Today is is I, I don't even know if I can say this. I'm embarrassed. I it's mean, fine. It's, 
It's seven and a half today. Oh, <laughs> oh my lord. Anyways. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Next question. That was a fun one. Um, what do you wish you were better at? Oh. Uh <laughs> I don't really know. Um uh, you should you should try to answer it first. <laughs> bro, everything. Like who wouldn't want to be better at everything? But specifically, probably math. Um yeah. I feel like I can like get my I can like improve I like I I am naturally sort of well not sort of I am naturally a humanities person. And if I want to yeah. improve that, like I, I have fun working towards goals, whereas math it's like if I want to improve in math, I just it's really hard to garner uh, motivation to get better in STEM. So I wish I A, had the motivation and B, was better. And then in terms of like just other stuff, I don't know. I mean, I play basketball. It wouldn't hurt to be better at basketball. I, I honestly would never, ever object to being better at anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. For me personally, I'm more of a STEM guy. Uh, so yeah, that, so maybe humanities, yeah, that would help, but I've, you know, you learn, you improve, you can get there. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to, I guess, put in less effort if you're better at it naturally. Um, I also play, I, yeah, I also play ice hockey. Uh, that'd be nice to get better at it. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How, wait, how about if we, to make this call? question a little more interesting something what do you wish you were like talented at or good at that you don't already do like personally i don't I think, already do yeah oh, i think it'd be really okay. cool personally if i would i if i was like if i could speak multiple languages because i oh yeah I don't that's even, cool. i'm like not i'm bare i'm not even bilingual <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't really know uh it's almost asking like if you had a superpower what would it be <laughs> What's They're like just, something that if you had the time you would pick up or you would want to do? Um, and then something like that thing you would want to be better at. I don't know. I, I've always wanted to learn how to code, but I never really found the motivation to learn it. So, yeah. That'd no, that's, be, a good, that's a good answer. That'd be cool. All right. Um, next question. Are there any circumstances where lying, stealing, adultery, or murder is justified? Let me just uh, look up the definition of adultery. <laughs> it's it's like cheating on your spouse. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah that's what I thought it was. Hold on, Let, you go first with this one. Uh, okay, uh, lying. Yes, if it's a white lie. No, if it's you know just blatantly lying, and also, like, what's the what do you get out of lying? Like, you don't really gain anything. You just live with well, that guilt. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. At least, at least. I mean, some people are good liars, and they can get away with a lot of things. Um, well, well, no. Like you're, know. you're. I think you're forgetting these circumstances where you're lying to make someone feel better about themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. That's white lies. I said white lies were okay. Oh, okay. I don't know if I made or that clear. Lying to um, try and control damage, like try and um, like uh, sometimes revealing the truth to people can like set them in a spiral. So again, that sort of is making people feel better, but in general, like damage control, simplifying things. Um, how about stealing? Stealing, it depends what you're stealing. Like if you're stealing, if you're doing, 
The question is, is it justified? Just to be clear. Is it justified to steal? Uh, according to the law, no. But I can see like the reasons why some people would steal, like if they you know don't have the money to afford things or something like that. Um, adultery definitely, <laughs> adultery just doesn't seem justified at all. Like that's kind of yeah, one hundred percent agree. Adultery and murder, not at all. Lying and stealing, in some cases, but I'm not encouraging it. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where this question was going. <laughs> well, no, I, I think they were they were they were asking an ethical question. Okay, so I think we've done we've answered that question to the best of our ability. The next question that we have is something that I've seen actually a lot on TikTok, and like to give to give you some context, like people sometimes if someone if they see a video that they really agree with, or if someone's like uh, talking about something in a video and they put something very well, or they say something that a lot of people agree with, people in the comments will say, did you stutter or do, did they stutter? As in like, oh, you didn't stutter. Uh, you were ranting consistently and you put, you articulated your point well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is, is saying, did they stutter ableist? I mean, yeah. And to be clear, ableist just means discriminatory against people with disabilities. And, I don't know. I've, I, I've, personally, in situations like this, when you're asking if something is discriminatory to a certain group of people, the best resource you have to try and figure out if it is discriminatory is that group of people. And so I'm trying to go by like the people on TikTok who actually have diagnosed stutters and what I've seen them say. And to, what personally, I've seen a mixture of things. I've seen some people with stutters on TikTok say, well, um, everyone stutters at times, even if you don't have a diagnosed stutter, it's completely fine. But I've also seen some people with stutters on TikTok saying, well, no, saying, did you stutter in order to praise someone is essentially saying it makes your point less valid if you stutter. And I don't know. I, I, like I said, ultimate resource for this type of thing are the people who are being discriminated against. But since I've heard mixed reviews, that makes it a lot more complex. Well, they, they both have a lot of point, valid points. Jesus Christ. Um, the, I think, I think, the the one you said um the second one you said i think it was like it, it if you stutter then it brings less value i think it's it's fine if you stutter like everyone stutters you stutter sometimes um right and i stutter sometimes but it doesn't really you know it doesn't really devalue what you say you say what right. you say you know but that's not that's not what they're saying that's just saying that's what the saying that's what the phrase did they stutter conveys that's the underlying message that's their argument yeah i see i see i see what you're saying um do you want to hear my i guess just try to try to avoid saying it if you can just say like just say go off or something like that i i know (laughs) a lot of my friends and a lot of people in my grade just say go off no not many people really say did you hear them stutter yeah actually literally that's exactly what i was gonna say i think if if if, if in instances where it's not black and white where it's not easy to see where some people are saying one thing and the other people are saying another um your better your your best bet is just going with the people who say it's discriminatory because you wouldn't want to ever be unintentionally or accidentally discriminatory so like honestly just replace it with like did you lie or like like you said other things i don't know it's just not a necessary phrase and if it causes this type of question to be asked better to just avoid it if that that makes sense i just wish 
people had this kind of mindset when I was in grade school or elementary school. Oh my Lord. What do you mean? I mean, at least for me personally, uh, I, I definitely didn't, I know some people have had pretty impactful, um, I guess childhoods because, you know, the normalized racism against Asians weren't really like spoken out until like a decade later. I know when I was really, really young, um, like people would ask me like, do you eat dogs or cats? Do you Mm -hmm. like, is, is the pinky is sticking up your pinky, like the middle finger. And then people would say my, like, like my lunch smelled and like say ching chong and, um, you know, call me a chink on the ice rink or something like that. I don't know. It's there. And, and like, no one, like, apparently the word chink is supposed to be the N word for Asians. Still, a lot of people say it and, you know, it just doesn't really have that big of, of effect on me personally. But I know some people, because of all of that, they've just learned to like hate their hate Chinese culture in general and just mm-hmm. not accept it at all when they were young because everyone around them were just like, <laughs> were just bartering them because they were Chinese or Asian in general. Yeah, actually, like, I actually really appreciate you you, you mentioning that. You're basically saying like you wish that people were like asking these questions, sort of like is this ableist versus is this racist? Um, yeah. In the in the experiences you've heard, because like, are you basically saying like it's good that at least people are asking this question? Yeah, because pretty much. In so many experiences in in so many instances, questions like these aren't asked when they should be. Yeah, but then again, we were in like elementary school. Yeah, that also shows that like it's a part of the culture it's a part of society that kid like even little kids ask these questions so 100 percent. i don't know <laughs> there are too many problems but <laughs> there are too many problems <laughs> facts i could not agree more um all right we ready for the next question yeah okay so next question is okay you're gonna have to take this because i have not studied it yet okay you prepared to take this question Hopefully. And don't feel like you have to give too much of an answer. Just like, you know, like, do yeah. it. Yeah. How do you feel about Marxism? <laughs> Marxism? Uh, it's, it's, I, I think it's a great idea. Like, I, it's, it, it definitely addresses many problems with our capitalist society. And I think it works, but it works best on paper and not necessarily best with humans in general. I've gone into many discussions with various types of people about Marxism and whether it works or not. Um, And um, I I think most people agree um, that Marxism does work on paper, um, but it just comes down to what you think um, human nature is like. So I think the biggest dispute between people who think Marxism works in the real world and people who think, you know, Marxism doesn't work is the fact that people who think it doesn't work is because they think that people, humans in general, are inherently greedy and selfish and that these two qualities are going to just destroy the society, just destroy everything that, you know, Marxism creates. But the people on the other side who say that Marxism works thinks that 
people's passion and people's empathy are enough to overtake greed and um what's the other thing i mentioned greed and uh selfishness uh, i mean they're essentially the same thing but whatever um that it'll overtake greed and selfishness so um those are the two main um that i've seen the two reasons why people think that marxism works and marxism doesn't work yeah no actually that was like a really really good answer you <laughs> even just listening to you talking a lot about marxism um i mean to be fair i don't i don't really have much of a foundation i'm excited <laughs> to take this class in the in yeah the, i mean that's not the entire class but obviously i think you read the communist manifesto in this class right yeah yeah you do it's it's pretty fun um, all right yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the days when I, I can actually answer that question. Yeah, I'm also, like, kind of surprised because I know a lot of, like, some, most people, at least me, even going into the class, I had no idea the difference between socialism, communism, and capitalism. I, I had no idea what they were. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, okay, so we're actually almost done. So I, there are a couple more questions. Um. I have to edit out the um. It was kind of obnoxious. That's fine. Opinions. Oh God, this is a heavy one. Opinions on the current state of the world right now. <laughs> we could be doing better. <laughs> we could be doing better. Um, this is more than just a little bit of unsatisfactory. This is. Yeah. I mean, you can just list off, like crisis after crisis <laughs> yeah Wait, about, what, was, what was the exact question again what are our thoughts um, about opinions on the current state of the world right now oh. so how about to simplify it yeah, how does how does the current state of the world right now make you feel like what were your when you think about it what things come into your head the simpsons were right and you know it's <laughs> gonna end next year <laughs> personally like for the most part well, not even for the most part. Like we are lucky to live in a like in a place where all the things that we're hearing about, we're simply hearing about. We're not experiencing, right? I mean, obviously, no, 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 no one's life is perfect. But the crises that are going on, like we're not being affected by. For example, we're not in Lebanon. We're not in California. Yeah, where there are forest fires. No, both. Um, we're not in. We're not in. You know, all these places that we could be, where it's so much worse. Um, but you know, still the knowledge that all these things are going on de definitely weighs heavy at times, at least for me. How about you? It like, it, at times it really does get me down. I think a lot of this is, it's at least to me, it's just, it's so insane. I, I, I personally don't really look into what's happening internationally. Of course, I know that like what's going on in Lebanon and, um, Yemen and California, but um, yeah, it's just very unfortunate. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's much else to add because you can't, like, you can you can help, but it it happened. It's just kind of unfortunate. Right, hundred percent. Personally, I think that uh, there are two main like reactions that I have to it. And one I've already stated, and that is just extreme disappointment and, uh, to be quite frank, like, just sadness about what's going on. And then the second one is um, kind of anticipation slash hope because 
like we've yeah, actually, that's true. We've, we've touched on this before, earlier in this episode and that is gen z is a very left-leaning generation uh very very progressive and by progressive i mean both the political ideology but also the, this idea that we need to change that we are, we are oriented towards change and restructuring which is exactly what we need right now and so the knowledge that we at least don't have a generation that thinks that thinks that the, the idea that we the knowledge that we have a generation that knows about these issues and also has the same objections to them that you and i do is quite comforting at times and uh it it, it can be it can also give me a little bit of anticipation. Like I'm, 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 I'm so excited to see what happens when Gen Z can finally, you know, vote and hold positions in government. Okay. Well, I mean, that was our last question. So, all right. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the free thought podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions for us, feel free to email us at the free thought podcast at gmail.com. That's the free thought podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much.